Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fave Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined here once again by the rest of the K-Fave crew. Introducing first, he is the king of the K-Fave kickflip, Mr. Wex Breaking the Lawson. Wex, how are we living today, bud? Living pretty good. Feeling fucking great. Feeling good. And <laughs> yeah, ready to talk about some fucking wrestling, uh, this ROH pay-per-view, and uh, a little bit of the current events, and basically the big weekend we got coming up yeah wex came on the uh, the chat looking like dave Chappelle from half baked so we're uh we're starting this thing off really well i'm super excited about it also uh joining us as always uh the patron saint of the rock block mr jesse baker jesse how's it going bud dude chilling having a good old time took a nice long walk this afternoon went down to see my buddies at the villager tavern in hillsborough village got a little bit of pizza kicking it around been walking the dogs and stuff Fun days. Very excited to talk about all of this news that is going on in the wrestling world. What a crazy landscape, man. I'm in. I'm for it. I am definitely for it. And you guys seem to be for list episodes. Man, like, honestly, this is the most – last week's episode is the most downloaded show of 2022 we've had. Um, it's was just – it's a good one. I, and I, we had a great time Maybe doing it. that is a thing, you know, a sign of things to come, you know? Fuck. It most certainly is a sign of things to come, for sure. Um, we're going to condense everything. That is for next week, though. Next week is the first ever uh, episode of Season 5. Major announcement, Season 5. Um, on the show, obviously, we're going to be covering SummerSlam. We're going to be covering Ric Flair's last match. But it's really just going to be more of the tea and more of a shoot in the shit. Um, and just to give you kind of a sneak peek, since our, our list episodes have been spiking, we're going to chop the list down a little bit to top fives. And we're going to do top fives on just obscure, random lists. Not the same ones that you hear from everybody else's wrestling podcast. A little bit more deeper and weird. Like, uh, what's your top five least favorite X-Pac matches? You know what I mean? Like, that kind of thing. And X-Pac like, is my favorite, so that'd be hard, okay? Yeah. So, anyway, we got a lot of, we got a lot of really cool content coming up for you uh, for Season 5. This is the season finale of Season 4. That's so it, That's why we're ready. That's why we're in it. We are in it. We're in it for sure. Today, we are covering... Um, 2022's Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, uh, from this past weekend. Tons of meat on the bone. Um, you know, we normally record this on Thursdays, recording on Wednesday this week, but last week, um, we recorded the show and then Mr. Vince McMahon tweeted out that he was retiring. So we've got a lot of meat on the bone. Um, before we get into it, did you guys get any decent feedback on last week's episode? Wex. Oh yeah, we definitely got some good stuff. Uh, basically, on the Vince McMahon stuff and the you know the ongoing fucking saga. Um, TikTok, we had some real, we had like a substantial like bigger spike this week than we had in the past few weeks. I guess you know when that tea gets fucking very murky and dirty, you know people start tuning in. Always, always they like the dirt. They like the dirt. They like the dirt. Hey, uh, Jesse, what do you think about last week's episode? Did you hear any good feedback? Bad, negative, yeah. good, positive? Uh, all positive was everything that I heard. I had a couple of friends that tuned into the show for the first time because it was something that they could actually sink their teeth into a little bit. And, yeah. you know, again, and we said it ad nauseum last week, but very proud of the fact that our lists were so diverse. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's uh, it's a good time. I just love shooting the shit with the boys, man. And obviously the next day when the entire wrestling world changed. The entire wrestling world changed, and I know we're a little bit behind, but we know that there's at least a couple hundred of you every single week that like our takes, so let's get right into it. You won't have to wait any longer about how we feel. It's uh, the kind of the cornerstone of the season four, and it's really turning into the main segment of season five. It's Wexley Spills the Tea. What kind of tea do we have this time, Wex? All right, since uh, this is the last ever i guess official wex spills the tea because you know the tea yeah. is going to be kind of like the main plot as we right. go uh heading into this new season so officially if you guys can see it on camera i don't can wait i have to hold it up closely but uh the tea we're gonna spill is a, uh, i have the official a little bit of the bubbly oh my good are you cracking it open well no i'm not gonna crack it open it's actually <laughs> actually the it's actually the action fixture a little action figure a little bit of the bubbly chris jericho championship set with the whole whole thing so so you're poor that's what you're saying yes i am poor but we're gonna go ahead and dedicate that to the final episode poor for life you know yeah 
Okay. East Next. Nashville original, not a hipster transplant. Nice. So uh, naturally, let's go ahead and I guess get right into it. And as you said last week, pretty much right after we signed off, the wrestling world changed immediately, which is pretty much like a. Par for the course for kayfabe comparisons. The next day we put out a news video, something crazy happens. But yeah. officially, Vinnie Mac, Vince McMahon, announced his retirement. He officially found a scandal that he couldn't beat. So uh, I'll go ahead was, and read out, yeah. as of today, January the 27th, at a preliminary investigation, a grand total of $14.6 million in payouts that have been found that should have been partially, in fact, uh, noted as company funds. So Ah, there there we go. There it is. The company funds. There it is. There it is. That's the thing you were talking about. Everybody was really talking about. That's the thing that would have got them. And the fucking publicly traded company, the company funds, finally got them. So what do you guys feel about spending my stock dollars on that trim, Vince. Come on now. Not only are you defrauding investors, you're defrauding Mr. Know-it-all. Right for you, me of yeah. all people. What is wrong with that man? My goodness, you know what? Audacity. All joking aside, uh, I, I've, I've been waiting a week. I've been thinking about this. I've been stewing about this, and I want to go ahead and put this out there. All right, I'm going to say this on the podcast, and I don't give a damn how this ages, and I don't want to edit this. I don't give a damn how this ages. I don't know Vince McMahon as a person, right? So I can't talk about him as a person. I'm not standing up for him as a person. What I can say that because of his professional life, it has forever changed who I am as a human being, and I will be forever grateful. No matter what type of personal like personal business he did that I don't condone, professionally, he's like the second most important person in my entire life. I mean, I mean there's just there's no way else to say that. So I mean it's been almost exactly 40 years. 1982 is when he took over from uh, old senior. I mean, 40 years, dude. Like, I mean, it's just, and in those 40, like just, that's like, it's less than half a century. It's less than 50 years. And that dude from 82 till now, what he's done with professional wrestling, every single fan of professional wrestling should thank him and revere him for the rest of their lives. That's how I feel about it. Hey, I'll go ahead and say this right here. You always say separate the art from the artist because people are fucked. Exactly. But in something that his art that he created, Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, The Rock, some of the people that changed our lives, like some of the, pe- the people that are the reasons that we're doing this, po- this podcast right now. Because 100%. without Stone Cold, The Rock, Hulk Hogan, Shawn, Shawn Michaels, Michaels, like would we be doing this? Absolutely. Even though Hulk Hogan, like himself, is a fucking piece of shit, but the character of Hulk Hogan, iconic. Yeah, Terry Bollea is not a yeah. person I would ever fuck want to Fuck Terry, but Hulk, Hulk Hogan? Hogan, he's cool, but fuck Terry is all I'm saying. And uh, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, the character, great, but uh, Steve Austin, even though he's, uh, you know, m- maybe been a little bit better in his later life, you know, he had some, uh, you know, Deborah hitting shit going on. So, you know, all I'm saying, <laughs> separate the art from the artist. Deborah hitting shit. That's great. But you do have, I mean... Look, I, I could not possibly be more thankful for the moments that I received and just that content and that entire deal. I, I remember the moment that I fell in love with professional wrestling and without his vision and the idea of what he wanted to do, which was frowned upon, as we all know, it would have never existed. So I, you know, I can't yeah. say enough good things about the amount of respect that I have for the dude professionally. Yeah. Personally, yeah. whatever. But well, we'll see. We'll see. You know, time will tell. Time will tell. I mean, yeah. I mean, fourteen point two million is a lot of money. But 14. like we said, six. Okay, fourteen point six. But he did have to forfeit two point six millions worth of his own personal stock too. But so they, he did, should, uh, they did yeah. that to keep WWF afloat. That would essentially be like giving me a sixteen dollar fine for like parking in the wrong spot. You know what I mean? Like two point six million dollars is not a drop in the bucket of Vince McMahon. Not at all. So, I mean, I. Out of all this, one thing we got to talk about, something that's basically – this has been a – what is happening now hasn't been a basically a dream scenario for wrestling fans going back to – At, least, at getting, least 20 years. You know, we, I mean not even 20 years, but like once about we started getting years. these good takeovers and we were like, 
Triple H like knows what the fuck he's doing. We've been oh, making the yeah. jokes for 20 years, yep. but it really got serious once Triple H started like producing like, like once NXT became the show to watch for WWE, like literally before NXT 2.0, before the rebrand, like NXT was the was was the WWE that I watched. It's what I paid attention to. It's what I cared about. It's because it was the good shit. It was yeah. the best stories, the best cards, simplistic, but just fucking bangers. Like now Triple H is in charge officially, cre- head of creative, head of talent relations. Do you think with time, because, you know, it's going to take time for the transition to fully happen. Do you think it's going to get better? I have to say that I think that it will. I mean, you're looking at the last bastion of folks that were under Vince's situation. And another thing that we have to touch on, it's fully expected that guys like Kevin Dunn are going to go ahead and step away from the company. So I think hopefully because I'm tired of these seizure camera cuts. I just think it's an entire regime change and it's it's about time. I think Vince is smart enough to know that, too. And with all the rest of it that's going on at some point in time, you have to know when it's time to step away not to mention the fact like obviously netflix got the documentary all of that other stuff but you know what does vince do next and we touched on this a little bit off camera before everybody hopped on but like if vince goes to rick flair's roast if vince appears for fucking jim crockett promotions in 2022 Dude, there's no way. There's. I mean, Ric Flair said it on his podcast today. He said that he's about 90% sure that Vince McMahon's going to come to his roast. Dude, if Vince, what if Vince shows up to the after party? Then you'll have a good time. You'll have a great time. <laughs> That'll be fucking insane. Because I know people will be there, but I can see uh, Vince just being like, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I'm retired. I'm partying. Wexley, you got to make me a promise. If you see Vince McMahon at the after party, you have to try and go in for a double leg. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You got a low center of gravity, Wax. You'll be all right. I think you could. I think you could at least get him off his feet. <laughs> Figure it out. Be good. I'll at least get a photo, but uh, I don't know about a double leg. But we'll see. Man, I mean, okay. So let's 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 talk about that just for a minute. Then, like, I mean, realistically, let's pretend that Vince McMahon wants to do something else. Let's fantasy book that. What does that really look like? I don't. I, again, I don't. I don't see him. Like showing up for AEW or anything. Like I don't ever see him being a part of a competition thing ever. Like I think it would all be under the umbrella of like you know the WWE, whether it be like Stone Cold's podcast or whatever. Uh, but what I told Jesse is like I could totally see him doing like a tell-all type thing with like you know how Corey Graves has that like after the bell podcast. They just make it live and put it like as a network special or something. And just tell all the old stories in a controlled environment where he's not where he's not going to get sprung with any you know controversial questions. And I think that that show alone could sell out an arena. I think Vince McMahon sitting in the ring and doing a just an interview on like some director's chair with with Corey Graves could sell out an arena. I absolutely believe that. I do, too. I wholeheartedly concur. And I think that it's something that should happen for fuck's sake. I mean, it would be amazing. It would be amazing. Let's get his flowers, man. Like, it's not as though it's not noted that his work ethic is next to none. I mean, like, dude doesn't sleep. Yeah. I feel like the WWE is going to find a way to at least get a hold partially of the Netflix footage that, I mean, eventually that documentary is coming out. Like, whether it's through Netflix or through wwe network when peacock deal runs out and they go back to their own solo thing or whatever because i do 100 percent think that's going to happen by the way but that's a totally different podcast um, wrong but wwe was a co-producer on that documentary right right so obviously they have rights to some of it yeah so i mean i just think that they fill in the gaps and release it themselves and they should uh it's tons of money there for sure um yeah man i mean it, it, and as far as the triple h regime goes i'm hyped I'm super hype about it. Um, I, I, I mean, I know that, that the plan right now is like they're just running with everything the way it is until after SummerSlam. But I, guys, I'm going to tune into Monday Night Raw after SummerSlam. Like, there's no doubt about it. I will be watching Monday Night Raw that Monday to see what happens. Hey, well, there may be a possible opportunity this weekend for Triple H's, you know, con- creative control and new uh, head of the table, uh, as we may say. But, uh, Riddle and Seth Rollins has been canceled for SummerSlam. They said Riddle's pulled because he had an injury, but turns out it's not even really an injury. It's a kayfabe reason. 
and they've canceled the match, which I don't know if it's it's Triple H, you know, flexing his muscles already and getting in there. But Seth Rollins actually tweeted right before we started about how, like, everyone who paid tickets to come see me at SummerSlam, you know, I've worked really hard for this spot. It's been, you know, six months to get this spot. Uh, I hope someone hears me. And Triple H replied, I hear you. So I think maybe we might get a Seth Rollins versus mystery opponent, possible Triple H mega booking surprise for this Saturday. Gargano. I think Johnny wrestling versus Seth, dude, give it to me. I think Seth Rollins is absolutely appearing on the show. Oh, no doubt. You also have to say like, you know, I've done all this. I hope someone sees me. You're talking about a four time world champion. Oh yeah. So like he's triple H and dude, he's a triple H guy. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, he's the OG NXT champion. I mean, and that's the thing to see him being Vince HBK being old triple H. And like Stephanie running the show. My knee jerk was I figured I'm it so happy. I'm happy. I think it might be Seth and Champa. I'm fine with that. Dude, that I'm would be a ama- dude. Either way it goes, I hope to see this new Triple H shit be great because I'd love to be just as hyped to watch wrestling on Monday nights and Friday nights as I am on Wednesday and uh Friday nights, I guess. I'd love to have two companies to like be just as excited about for each other. And it's not like I want WWE to be bad and I hate WWE. It's just, they've been trash. Just like like back, like 2010, 2011 era, they were kind of trash. Like they, you know, we can also touch base on the fact that obviously the pay-per-view that we're about to talk about was one of the best things that Tony Khan's put on so far. And to be honest, Triple H's regime in NXT basically took most of ring of honors top talent in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And triple H cause triple H knows exact. He, he's not like Vince McMahon. He understands pro wrestling cause he's a wrestler. Yeah. So there we go. So, uh, as, speaking of ring of honor, as we're going to get into the pay-per-view, uh, yeah, the first match of the card, uh, as we'll talk about with Jonathan Gresham. So apparently before the pay-per-view took place, he asked for his release, got mad, cussed Tony Khan out, and went wild. And, uh, yeah, I, I really don't know what to think of this. And I think it might have been because of creative or some other things. But, like, come on now. Like, you can't realistically think, like, I'm, like, the same height as Jonathan Gresham. He's just bulked up. Like, come on now. Like, you realistically think, like, Claudio versus you, like, Claudio's not going to go over. I know people are like, oh, he's an ex-WWE guy. Tony Khan loves him, but he's really like a foundation original, not not no pun intended foundation, ROH original guy. So yeah, come on now. I so, mean, I was going back and watching my Adam Cole DVD the other day, and when like All Night Express and all those other tag team matches against Red Dragon and against everybody else, I mean like, yeah. you know, Ring of Honor is synonymous with Claudio. Yes, yeah. he's – the guy, dude, the kings of pro wrestling, him and fucking uh, Chris Hero. Hero, dude, dude, absolutely fucking great. And I gotta say that the size disparity in the opening match was one of the. It, it was so fucking noticeable. And yeah. I don't know if Gresham was mad because they started the show, but I thought that was a great beat and made sense. I mean, like, dude, main event or the first match means like those. Those are the two top matches of a card. So. Like it's if you're mad that thousand John Cena haven't started a fucking show before for a championship, dude. And if you're mad that you're not going before FTR versus the Briscoes too, like, dude, get over yourself. Forty-five minute get, long main event. Get over yourself, dude. Like, I know I'm it's shocked, like, but I feel like we're both. I mean, I feel like we're all kind of on the same page. I mean, to be totally honest with you, man, I feel like Jonathan Gresham is a absolute beast in the ring. He's dude, a great he's amazing, technician. But like, get yeah. over yourself. But I'm going to say this now. Like, he's the 2022 Dean Malenko. Like, that's who he is. He's a dude, great wrestler, 100%. but he has got the personality of a cardboard box. Like, I, I dude, like. there's nothing the about Jonathan Gresham that is Dude, Daniel, that's special. like literally one of the best comparisons I've ever heard. The 2022 Dean Malenko. That's what he is, and he's a great wrestler. Exactly. Anybody he's Anybody you put him in the ring with, I want to see it. It's going to be great. I'm, I'm Go to New Japan. It. That's where put, he needs to go. But you put a mic in front of him, and I'm going straight to sleep. I mean, exactly. Go just, to New Japan where you don't need to talk. Go to the best yes. of the Super Juniors division and just murk people. Like they are, yes. And so, like, listen, I can understand. I can understand that you being upset. Like, I, I get it. Like, I'm not. I'm, what I'm saying is, I'm not trying to devalue him. Like, he is phenomenal. But to act like you are a main event guy when we all know you are not a main event guy, 
And you it's were the just, world champion for th- over 300 days. You were so world it's not champion like they because of a transitional you. situation. Like that it was not true. to be totally honest. They, he would have never, if that company had like, had like kept going, he may have won it for a cup of coffee and like a series, but he would have never been a longstanding ring of honor. Honestly, champion. I never. thought that bandito was going to win in that like unification yeah. match, but yeah. then they kind of, they probably just gave it to him like, Oh, this will be cool because yeah. it's, you know, but honestly, Bandito's better than Jonathan Gresham. I like Jonathan Gresham, but Bandito's fucking sick. Bandito's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, they're great. I mean, listen, I hope he lands on his feet uh, because I can tell you right now, like, that was a mistake. Him asking for his he, release was he could have went mistake. back to the pure division, took the title off, took the title off of yeah. Wheeler Yuta, and been yes. the pure guy again. But nah, yeah. he had to. I don't know. He had to get gassed up. Somebody gassed him up. Yeah, it's, here's it's, the other thing you got to think about. Where does that dude go? Oh, he goes to Impact. No Impact, doubt. Impact, of course. That's exactly. Yeah, it. but what the fuck does that mean for anybody anymore? It, it, they're just going to run with him and Josh Alexander for a while, and a lot of like and the matches would, are going to be great. And I'm going to give I'm, no I'm shits about that. Not upset about that. That sounds like some good shit. It's going to be a great match, match, but I'm not going to care at all about the story. Selling pay per views. There's not going to be any drama in that. There's no. Come there's on, no Jonathan story. Gresham. If you're listening to this, I'm going to be watching you this Sunday at Ric Flair's final match in that four way. Go to New Japan. That is that'd be great. That is literally you just fit in there like a glove. But uh, keep getting pissed if you want. Find a gimmick. I feel you. I'm short. Like I want to hold it down for the short kings out here. But you know, find a character, man. Like that's that would be my only advice. Like I feel like John and the Gresham. Your wrestling does it, but your personality does not. Find a character. Do something else. Maybe it put sucks. a hood when on. you're short. You have to. You got to do something extra. Got to do something extra. Just a little bit. What else we got in the T, Wexley? I mean, uh, only other thing is that kind of related to this, uh, uh, Tully Blanchard Enterprises just basically disappeared and got bought out by Prince Nana, OG uh, Ring of Honor uh, manager and wrestler, and they brought back the Embassy Stable. So Tully Blanchard Enterprises basically effectively is just gone, and it kind of doesn't really make any sense. And uh, Brian Cage, who was a part of the both factions, I guess, was kind of poking fun at it. He posted a picture of him wearing the shirt and was like, here, here today, gone tomorrow. That's wrestling. If any wrestler on this card has a gripe with Tony Khan about how they've been booked and creative, it is a thousand percent Brian Cage. It is a thousand percent Brian Cage. Yeah, so, and I, I get where he's coming from, and maybe once they get this shit going in the right direction, now they have, I guess, how they're going with the faction. Maybe they can book Brian Cage to Mike Mina. Take out Samoa Joe, world te- television champion. Perfect. I think that'd be great. Brian Cage versus Claudio, I think is great. I great. That's a great feud. I mean, Cage is great, and Tony Khan has said he loves Cage. Like, an I would really like a great to see, wrestler. I really like to. I, I really want to know where the lines are going to be. I really want to. I want to find the definitive line between AEW and Ring of Honor and stick with it. We need to make that happen somehow. I don't think that's going to happen until Tony Khan secures that TV deal. And once that happens, maybe we'll get more of a definitive. I agree. Line. I agree because that's the only way to sell pay per views. I agree. But when they announce the TV deal, I need to see a very massive separation of rosters. And I'm going to say this right now. I think ring of honor needs to take Blackpool combat club with them. The whole thing, except for Moxley. They need to find a way to keep him in AEW. That's he's an AEW guy. Like he's a WW. He's an entertainer more than he is a wrestler. I know that he's got like, he's got his ends with William Regal and all that, but I mean, come on, dude, Wheeler, Yuta, Claudio, Brian Danielson, and John Moxley, which one of these is not like the other. I mean, like really, the, Gresham could have been that other guy. If Moxley left, he could have been in there. But what I'm saying is, the, the the combat club just needs to go. Have Daniel, Bron- have Brian Danielson win the TV title, or win the, and have Wheeler you to have the pure, have Claudio have the the world, and maybe even just get like Chris Statlander or something over there in there, and just have her win the women. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe just move a, a woman into that like Moxley role and do that for Ring of Honor. I think that would be dope. Even yeah. though I know she's not that good yet, but if she gets better, Marina Shafir would fit better in that role with the whole MMA gimmick. But a thousand percent agreed. Yeah. Well, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get into it. I know that uh, we had a full pay per view, but there was a pre show to this. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. The pre show was pretty good. The pre show, I actually watched the whole thing live, and it really got me excited. Colt Cabana's back in the fold again. No Dark Order, just Colt As Cabana. He as he should and be. I want to say Allison K versus a Willow Nightingale was, I'll say this, the better women's match that was on the entire card, better than Agreed. the main, better than the title match, Agreed. which we'll eventually get into. But let's go ahead and get into the main card. And uh, 
I guess since I'm already speaking, I'll go ahead and lead it off. Claudio Castanole versus Jonathan Gresham for the World Championship, which we basically already kind of covered. We know that Gresham lost. The match itself, though, only though 15 minutes was it was a, it was a pretty exciting way athlete. less than that. It was way less than that. Maybe 10 minutes, but you could tell yeah. Gresham came out not wearing his mask, not wearing his jacket, looking yeah. pissed off. So, like, something was off immediately, you could tell. But, like, work rate rise, I mean, god damn, I sound retarded. Work rate <laughs> wise. Work rate wise. It was pretty fucking good. It was, like, a solid fucking match. And, uh, I mean, I liked it. It was pretty good. I don't really have an official beer rating, but if I guess I'll go for it, maybe, like, a three and a half. Like, it was an above average, but... I'm glad to see Claudio get that world title. I'm right there with you exactly a three and a half. I thought it was above average, but not much more than above average. Very good match. Zero story going into it. The story is Claudio's going to win the title. That's the story. It's the way they did it on the video. And that's fine. It's okay. I'm glad that they chose this one to open it. I think that the layout of all of the matches on the card was very well done. And I think it was a smart idea to put this match uh, opening. I also thought uh, it's a brush, breath of fresh air with the commentary team in Ring of Honor. They're very good. They stay really close together. They stay in the niche. They have a couple little funny things back and forth, forth in their jokes. But usually when they do that is in a rest hold where nothing really is happening anyway. They never really talk over the action. Very, very – like hats off to the commentary team for sure. Um, yeah, three, three and a half for me for this one. Um, what was the next one, Wex? Well, we have the Holy Trinity, by the way. My oh, bad, Jesse. I'm an asshole. <laughs> what you get? Three and a half, though. We all did okay. this. Oh, Triple threat, Holy Trinity, all there in it to win it. We're right in there, baby. But the next match we got on the card, Dalton Castle and the boys versus the Righteous for the Ring of Honor six-man World Tag Team Championships. And... It was pretty cool to see Dalton Castle and the boys get back together, and they they did their thing, and it was really entertaining. And uh, I'm glad to see them win the championships because who cares about the righteous besides Vincent? Who the fuck is the rest of the guys in that group? Don't matter to me. I gave it three beers. I thought it was pretty solid down the middle. Fun, fun, great match. There's that one dude that's the bigger guy that's in the righteous who just looks to me like the bass player for any band you don't care about. Yeah, yeah, he's just a guy. He's, he's NPC 6.3. He's the guy. He's another guy. It just doesn't matter. Oh, that's so but good. I love that. Because I can I immediately, like, that is exactly what that guy looks like. That's that's a perfect, like, a perfect description of him. Some Almost band that played Rocky level. Town circa 2008. Yes. Goddamn right. Pretty much, pretty much dead I love accurate. Seeing, I love seeing the Tate Twins back in Ring of Honor. I love seeing Dalton Castle. I, and I was watching it live, too, and I was trying to explain to a friend of mine the whole, like, trunks thing because he wears his trunks high or whatever yeah and like he's just peacocking the whole fucking time it's great which is ironic because they're not on peacock but yeah i mean i mean i don't know for me i love Dal dalton castle i to, i will never ever like a six-man title i think it's so stupid i think it's so dumb uh to me like six-man matches uh they're either going to be spot festy matches or they're going to be kind of comedic like, that's the only really two ways to make it work, in my opinion. This is a combo of both. It was a combo of both. It was a combo of both. I, I do like seeing the twins back in there. And listen, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not disparaging anybody. Although, like, the righteous, that didn't, didn't they just have, like, honor no more and impact? Like, well, yeah, they just pretend, that was the other, like, that was the other half of the kingdom, like, the other parts of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, patch. like, Vincent was in both, was he not? Yes, he was. Yeah, that's, I don't know. That just seems silly to me. Um, that's why they got the belts off of them because they still held the title. So they had to do something. Yeah. But I don't anyway, know. I, do I have think to ask you, have you ever watched Jakara? Have I? Yeah. No. I've, so, I, well, okay. I haven't watched, a, I've watched matches on like YouTube clips, but I haven't watched like a full Jakara show. That's the only six man stuff I've ever cared about was Jakara. They do the King of Trios tournament and stuff and it's great, but I, I love six man shit. So I don't know what y'all are talking about. Let's it. go ahead so to have titles for it though. It's just, and you don't slide onto this next match on the card. And we got Wheeler Yuta versus Daniel Garcia for the pure championship. And I thought it was a pretty solid match. I gave it four beers. I think it was a little bit above average, not quite into that fiver territory. And they had a good little story there. The video package was great. I love the incorporation of Chris Jericho and the whole sports entertainment thing, but I know how you don't like to see the crossover between AEW and Ring of Honor, but I think this worked for this match. I, Daniel Garcia and Ring of Honor make the most sense to me. Like that to me is exactly where he needs to be. It, to me, I thought that was great, but you know, maybe that's just me. I just hate seeing him on AEW because I don't feel like he offers anything. He's like mm -hmm. he's also got that Gresham shit where like mm -hmm. I 
don't buy into his promos really. Like he's yeah. a great wrestler, but I, it's just, it is what it is. And I love Wheeler Yuta. I just think that both of them, the longer ring of honor, I think that could be a very long-term program that would fucking rule. I don't know, man. I think, uh, I think Daniel Garcia is the 2022 Chavo Guerrero. I just feel like he's, he's like pretty decent. <laughs> uh, he's like pretty decent, but he's not like, and he tries really hard. Like to be an over the top personality, but you can tell he's trying really hard to be an over the top personality, and it's like, nah. Like I like I like to be honest with you, like he's a good wrestler, but I could never see him wrestle again and not feel like I missed out. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I just don't, I don't, I I don't think that he has it. Period. I think he's a good wrestler, but I just don't think he has it. Whereas I think Gresham has it in the ring. I just don't think he has it as a, in a personality. I don't think Garcia has either. I think he's a good wrestler. He's a good wrestler. But I don't know. For me, honestly, this one's like right at three beers. Maybe honestly a little bit less. I, I I'm still not completely sold on Yuta. I think they're doing a great job of building him, but he's still not quite there yet. Um, and then Garcia just is like meh. Like I just don't have anything for it. it and the, again, the action was very good. It was very well executed. Um, nothing was seemed lazy or anything like that. But I just didn't care enough about either character to make it really matter. You know. Uh, I will say the crowd was super over for Yuta, though. So, yeah. I mean, there, there's that. I mean, I mean, I will not go any lower than average. I will not go any lower than three beers. I'll say that. Let's just let's just say three beers for me. I went three and a half, and most of that is because uh, – and while I do feel like Garcia belongs in Ring of Honor, Yuta's just so fucking smooth, man. He is smooth. He's the, smooth. The tiniest little things, every beat that he's got is just tied. He's very good. I just need more character development. That's all. There's not. And, I mean, you know, it, he just – got done doing super juniors and went to new Japan. And let's be yeah. honest, new Japan isn't really high on characters for the most part. So it's, it kind of makes sense, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was good. I thought it was just a skosh above average. Yeah. Hey, yeah. He's young. It'll come with time. But uh, the next match on the card, dude, I will say tied almost for match of the night, but probably like second best match of the night. Brother versus brother. Roos versus dragon. Lee was just fucking insane. Like it was just one of those, like, I'm your, I'm gonna, you're my brother. I'm gonna one you up. No, I'm gonna one you up. No, fuck you. I'm gonna, dude, it was some of the craziest shit I've ever seen. And it was fantastic. I mean, I can't say enough about it. I went ahead and gave it five beers. I loved it. Probably, it was, it was fantastic. I mean, go back and watch it. It's fucking great. Yeah, it looks like we're all gonna be in, in, uh, in, in agreement here, but I also went five beers on it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, and I was pretty cr- critical of Roosh on this show. Um, I just didn't know enough about him. And honestly, I've been critical of Dragon Lee on this show from the GCW um, like um, shows that we've covered. And but you know that's clearly not his fault. It's GCW. No, GCW definitely not people. his fault. I mean, this was this was great. Like it was very very good. It was very well done. Um, the selling specifically was just very good on both sides. I think that both guys like made a statement. This is easily the best singles match of the night for sure. And even that little bit of them being brothers added enough to the show. And the older I get, maybe that's what it is, or maybe it's just that I realize more that like I do care about the in ring thing. I'm not just like some like uh, WWE mark, but like the story is at least 50% for me. So if there's not like at least some story there, I'm just not going to like it as much, but there was enough story here. I liked it uh, in commentary again, did a great job of selling it so well. Like they're the Rick ones, Bonnie and Coleman, dude, they're so dude, good. So good. Gotta so, give them so their good. flowers too, man. They fucking like, they yeah. rock the entire show. Absolutely deserve it. I think that they help make these guys stars on this night, five beers for sure. Great match. Highly recommend it. Best singles match on the card. Jesse. Agreed. Five. Three ways. Damn. So uh, next matchup. Over here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, dude. So the next one, uh, worst match of the night, I'll go ahead and call it Mercedes Martinez versus Serena Deeb. So uh, check this out. I thought that Serena Deeb's old looking ass was the oldest one in this match. Turns out she's the younger of the two. Mercedes Martinez is like 42 and Serena Deeb's like 38. And Serena Deeb is looking rough is all I'm saying for her age. She has that like skinny ex drug addict white lady look like meth cheeks for sure. Yeah, you. Have, it's like your. Uh, it's like your friend's aunt who, uh, you know, smokes fucking camel crushes and has that rough looking skin and has that voice and you know drinks a lot of alcohol, does pills. That's her. That's who I see. And Mercedes Martinez, though she's good, she's not much better. And 
like I said, the other women's match in the pre-show was better. This was not good. Two beers. Uh, Tony Khan, you need to get these belts off of these women's and get these out of the fucking shit. Willow Nightingale is a star. She needs to be the fucking champion. She should be at the top 110%. Agreed. Also, I was trying to explain to one of our regulars at the bar that I just left that like, what the concept of a popcorn match was. Mm-hmm. But I was showing this pay-per-view live. So he was like, this one? And he was like, I get it. <laughs> so yeah it really was I, I gave it two beers um oh shit i gave it so two, beers. two for two what about you jesse i dudded it oh he dudded it, dudded so. it. damn See, i thought okay. i thought okay this is this is my reasoning i thought the spot i thought it was laid the match was laid out well yeah, although the work it was, rate wasn't bad it was just yeah, yeah. who cares well i don't know that's not what i mean the the, <laughs> the the match was laid out well but the execution was lethargic and it's probably because they're both geriatric. Um, but, I mean, it just wasn't – this is not the best way to – to be totally honest, man, I'm going to say this. Tony Khan doesn't know how to book women. He doesn't know how. Like, he just yeah. is not very good at it. Like He's, he's just, had a bad track record so far. Yeah, he's just not good at it. So I feel like they should really find, um, like, uh, you know, they should, they should hire, like, a Gail Kim or someone that's just like, listen, you run all, all women's creative. All of it. You run it all. Uh, do you guys feel like – he was trusting Omega too much and just like, Oh, he definitely was in the beginning. And it was, it was worse. It was worse when Omega was in charge. It was pretty bad, but it was worse. I I feel like he relied on Joshi. I mean, yeah. And way too much, way too much. He needs to hire somebody like a Molly Holly to come in there and fucking. Yeah. For my money, it's Gail Kim. She's the one for sure. But But Gail Kim's still with TNA. So she's not going to fucking leave and go to AEW. She's no. with Impact right now. She's still working with him 100%. Yeah, like, I thought she, just, the I thought she just did like the Ring of Honor thing, or not Ring of Honor, like the Hall of Fame or Ring of nah, she Fame. Works, or, she works behind the scenes backstage. Like she's in it. Man, Every single time we went to see Impact at uh, Nashville, a bunch of their merch was in Robert Irvine's Fit Crunch bar boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because his shit actually sells. Yeah. Ooh, that's why they have extra boxes. Ha <laughs> ha. All right, so I guess we'll go ahead and keep this fucking shit moving here. Uh, TNA legend and another TNA legend had a match. Samoa Joe, the Ring of Honor World Television Championship, defended against Jay Lethal in – which was a pretty fucking solid match. It wasn't the best match ever, but it wasn't bad at all. It was above average. I went 3.75 beers. It was pretty fucking good, but, like, I'm probably not going to remember it. I mean, I probably will because this is that first pay-per-view but if it wasn't for the fact that it was that first pay-per-view back under the con brand, it was like, you know, I'm all right, sort of memorable match. But, you know, it is what it is. Samoa Joe did the muscle buster and he won. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, I mean, honestly, like I'm I'm almost exact. I, I only gave it three and a half. Um, okay, but I mean, it's still very close. Yeah, very close. Very close. Um, it's a really good match. Uh, I, th- I do think Joe looked better here than he looked in his most recent NXT run. Um, he definitely looked like his cardio was a lot, you know, and he was, it looks like he was just in better shape all, all the way. Yeah, around. He's been, he, he been training been helped, working out and healthier. Yeah, didn't seem as gassed. And the same thing for lethal. I mean, he's, he's looked kind of slow the past couple times I've seen him, but he looked very good. Um, it was good. It felt like, I think the match was actually better than like, I didn't care about having, seeing this match again. I feel like I've seen lethal and Joe so many times that I was just like, all right, well, okay. Um, and so the, I just didn't care so much about the story. And I thought the, the actual entering work kind of impressed me because the last time oh, I yeah. saw Joe, he was really slow. Uh, and last time I saw Lethal, he didn't really work very well on the AEW show, I didn't think. I think Ring of Honor is the spot for him, but I think he's like top of the card guy in Ring hey, of Honor. That match he had against Ricky Starks, though, was probably his oh, best yeah, yeah, match. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That match was great. That match was great. But he's, what I'm saying, he's been hit or miss lately. Um, so hopefully he can stay more consistent. Um, but yeah, three and yeah. a half for me. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see on Sunday. He has to wrestle an actual geriatric. Um, <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. Jesse, where are you at on this one? I I was right in the middle of the road, and I hate to say that because I love both of these guys so much. Um, Daniel, you brought up off air one of my biggest gripes, which was too short, and I feel like they deserve more time. But at the end of the day, I think lethal. Being involved in the work with the Ric Flair's last match thing probably distracted him from being where he was. And he was so poorly booked to begin with in AEW that it – where was he for weeks? Like 
Yeah. He was the fucking guy. When he debuted, we all popped. We yeah. all went off. And it's one of those that we all watched it live together. And like, then they did shit. Honestly, I think I think it took him too long. I think it took him too long to debut too for AEW. I think that it was it was we all wanted Lethal to kind of be there on the ground floor, like especially after the first All In. Like it was like, oh, well, Lethal's got to be one of the staples of AEW. And then when it didn't happen, and it was like years in before it happened, it was like, ah, you kind of lost some steam now because nobody's been watching Ring of Honor for like well over a year. So it's like, nah. Like I just think he just missed the boat on it. I think it really is just a timing thing. I don't think his his star power, like his work rate, has gone down very much. It's just that the interest in him has gone down dramatically. Oh well, yeah, but I mean, I I don't I don't think anybody ever viewed him as a main eventer in the first place. To be honest, like he's mm. one of those guys that if you watch him live, you can see how he interacts with the crowd, and you can see that he knows what the fuck he's doing, which is very entertaining. But he is used to working territories, mm-hmm. and that's not what they do anymore he's not an arena guy yeah 110 percent. that's just not one of those deals but he's an impact zone guy yeah yeah that's fair that's a fair assessment honestly that's a fair assessment so uh leading in the the card yeah let's go ahead and get to the fucking main event so ftr cash wheeler and dax harwood versus the briscoes jay and mark in a two out of three falls match for the ring of honor world championships and it fucking delivered on every single level, like literally every like. I don't even can't even put into words. Like it delivered like on every single aspect of pro wrestling. You got table spots, submission spots, some brawl. Like you got a little bit of fucking everything. It almost got the six pack for me. Almost got it, but five point seven five beers for me. Fucking fantastic match. I think it was better than the first time, first match they had, and I think this large crowd. And just the excitement and just the epicness of it just made it so much better. And the Briscoes finally got their fucking, like, I feel like this is one of the biggest stages the Briscoes have ever been on besides, like, random Tokyo Dome spots in here there. Mm-hmm. I mean, six in months the ma- ago. In the main event? I mean, really? Come on, that's probably their biggest spot. Yeah, for sure. Jesse, where you at on it? Six months ago-ish, we heard about the news of Ring of Honor, and we all predicted on this show that the company was going to be done. And that the only thing that would save them would be somebody buying them. Now, at that point, some of us thought it would be Vince. Some of us thought it would be Tony. Mm-hmm. But they absolutely fucking proved that they could pull this off. Mm-hmm. And I I went the full six. I mean, like. Vince should have done this with WCW. Yeah. And the vilifying thing to me was when FTR got let go. That was one of those things where I'm like, how the fuck do you not see what's happening with this tag team? They're so good. They care so much. Mm. And, man, I thought they delivered. I thought it was fucking great. I thought the match was fucking perfect. I thought it over-delivered versus the first match. There was a clash of styles. But everything to me screamed like old-school dope-ass wrestling. Mm-hmm. Dude, so good. Like – yeah, Even though me, I love the young bucks and I love the doing flippy di- flippity doodle style guys, this was still goddamn great. And I think the young bucks could enter against either of these tag teams and still adapt and do great. Tag team wrestling is underrated, fucking fantastic. Yeah, from for me, for my money, I think that outside of gimmick matches like ladder matches, TLCs, whatever. Like, I mean, I know this was a two out of three falls match, but I wouldn't necessarily consider that a gimmick match. Um, and I know we did have a table bump or two in there. Um, but I think that this is top five, one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen in my life, in my life. hundred percent, dude. hundred percent. Um, I mean, it's, especially, I mean, especially when you exclude, you know, the TLCs of edge and Christian and, and the Hardys and, and, and the Dudleys and everything. When you take that out of contention, I really think this is one of the best tag team. Matches I don't even take that out of contention. Like if I keep that in like the top five of like all time tag team, I mean, yeah, it's still up there. This is, this is still in contention with that. The yeah. only things that beat it for me are, you know, old school. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that, like, but if, but when you, when you do take the gimmicks away from it, it, it might be the absolute best, is what I'm saying. Exactly. Like, maybe that's something we'll get into next season. Some yeah, very particular types of top fives for tag team matches. Team. No uh, gimmicks, gimmicks, ladders. You know, we can, we can, we get oh, very detailed, gonna, very intricate. We will at least have one season's worth 
of top fives that we're going to put on there for sure. Um, but yeah, so overall, overall for me, uh, death before dishonor gets a four and a half beers. Um, very good, uh, borderline great. Um, just a couple things fell flat to me. Um, you know, the Daniel Garcia, will you to thing, even though I know a lot of people loved it, wasn't quite my cup of tea. Didn't hate it, but wasn't my cup of tea. Hated the women's match. Um, and then, you know, the Joe and lethal thing was just kind of lukewarm to me. And also the, I'm just not a big trios guy. So uh, it was about half and half, but the good half to me was phenomenally good. So about four and a half there. Um, where you at Wex? I mean, I'm pretty much right there with you. It's like above average in that upper echelon, but not like one of the best, but I'll definitely say just like people have already said. And Tony Khan, I think it's already broke record. It's the biggest ring of honor pay-per-view of all time. And I was really wow. surprised with how big the crowd and how hyped they were, but it's like for ring of honor, it's all about territory. Like where you book ring of honor to where you get yeah. to get those big crowds. And they booked it perfect in Massachusetts. That whole like East coast, new England area is like ring of honor hotbed. Makes all the sense in the world. Just where you at on it? Man, I got to say, and I touched on this off air too, but I feel like it's better than a handful of shows that AEW has put on recently in terms of pay-per-views. AEW concentrates more on their weekly, and I understand that. But, like, what's the difference ever going to be? Is Kenny Omega ever coming back? And, like, yeah, what soon. are the Bucks doing? Oh, no, and they'll be back soon. It, it just seems to me like it's... I, I think we're seeing Kenny Omega all out, actually. Me too. I think it's it. I think I'm and possibly a CM Punk there too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't maybe know. Maybe if not wrestling, like a match, like maybe show, like, you know, oh, we're going to see his Punk return. And he'll probably, like, get beat up more. Like, he'll probably, you know, somebody will turn heel or Mox will come out. Maybe we'll even see MJF. Who knows? Um, mm. See? Almost forgot about MJF, which is good because when he comes that back. That's the point. That's the point. <laughs> I have not, sir. But yeah, what happens when CM Punk signs his Ring of Honor contract on the uh, diff- on the AEW title? No, oh, dude, Summer of Punk Part that would Nine. Be so little- sick. That'd be so well done. Because he has to. Ha- okay, I will say this too. CM Punk before he retires, and I think that when he does, when he's like, okay, this is it. I got one more year, one year left, and I'm done. When he says that, he needs to be a heel. He needs to be a heel, and he needs to be who he really is, and just bury and shit on every wrestling fan. Every single chance he gets. So it all makes sense why CM Punk and Bre- was CM Punk loves Bret Hart so much because they're just the same guy. They are the same person. Yes, they are the same person. Like a all thousand makes percent. Sense. I totally agree with you. Um, but yeah, man, if you get to watch one match um, from Death Before Dishonor, well, I think we would all three agree. Uh, match of the night completely is FTR versus the Briscoes. Might be one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen in my life ever. Six pack and, and singles, Roosh and uh, his brother. But since we are talking about the Ring of Honor tag team titles, I do have our trivia question for the week for you boys. What's that? What's that? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Who were the first ever Ring of Honor tag team champions? Hmm. Was it the Briscoes? It is not the Briscoes. It was Brian Kendrick and... Lonnie Sanderson. Uh, <laughs> Lonnie Sanderson. I just made that one up. Okay. Uh, hmm. uh, low key. And the human tornado. <laughs> That's a deep no. cut. I do no, love it's not low key. In the, no, no, it's not. He was he was on a Juggalo Championship Wrestling show or championship. Oh, right. ICP. Yeah, gotta, they were on Ring of Honor. Was it ICP? No, you got to. Th- all right, so 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 Ring of Honor start. I'll give these are the hints I'm going to give you. Ring of Honor started in 2002. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're definitely not going to get one of them, but the other one is very well known. He's not wrestling anymore, but it was very recently. And if you give half of it, I'll, I'll give it. A, I'll give you the rest of it. Do they wrestle for AEW? Did they? Did they? Did they? Yes. Ah, fuck. Okay. More questions, Jesse. I don't think I'm gonna get it, man. Christopher right, Daniels and my dad. I don't know. What? What would you say? Say Christopher Daniels. It is Christopher Daniels. And, uh... Is it Elite Skipper? No, no. Deeper Cut. Deeper Cut. Christopher Daniels. And... 
You're never going to get it. Okay, it's it was the Dan prophecy. Moff? It was the prophecy. It's, it's when he came into TNA with the same guy. It was Donovan Morgan was his name. But that what these the are f- like, yeah, deep, it's a deep cut. But Christopher Daniels is, is really the name I was looking for, and that definitely like came off the top of it. But I was like, I gotta say, I was, man, I feel like I've never. Well, Christopher Daniels just wrestled on Rampage this last week, and he's wrestling this last week. Yeah. What? Yeah. How? What? What? I thought he was retired. Didn't no. he lose? Didn't they do an AEW storyline where he retired in AEW? Yes, yeah, well, he's the line? head of talent relations, and I guess he came back and he wrestled a match. I know he was on Rampage this week. He's been wrestling on New Japan Strong for a while now. Yeah, and he's been wrestling on the Indies. He won the tag team championships with. Uh, That's so cheap, dude. That's so cheap. Somebody on the Indies. I mean, he's he's Christopher Daniels. He's trying to get that. I don't bank. care. That's some Ric Flair shit. Man, that hurts me. This, that really does dude, hurt my that's feelings. That's not some Ric Flair shit. That's like an every wrestler ever shit. No. He was so, so, you know, Ric Flair. Except for he, Sean. But Flair said that he, that was a storyline that WWE made up for him. He, he didn't only want did it retire. one time, and he did it for good blood money, okay? And that's why he wrestled TNA with Hulk Hogan and got, saw literally probably one of the bloodiest matches I've ever seen in my life. It was just outrageously also- bloody, so... All right, so guys, uh, we're gonna take a bet here. How how long is it gonna take for Ric Flair to bleed in this final match? I oh, what's well, the over under? I'm gonna go at least. I'm gonna go five minutes in. He'll be bleeding. I'm taking the under. You're gonna go deep, deep match, like deep in the match, like. No, I'm taking the under. I'm taking the oh. under. No, I'm like, imme- go deep. Like in he match. will immediately start bleeding. I think with it, well before five minutes, he's bleeding. Yes. Okay, there we go. I'm going to be there live, so. I think he's going to stay on the ropes for a really long time and just. Oh, he starts the match. He starts the match. You think so? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Ric Flair's last match. He's starting the fucking match. He's starting know, the match. man. And we I, are all going to be shit-faced drunk, cheering our asses off. Him and Jeff event. Jarrett are starting the match. The young know, guns man. are going to stay on the sidelines. It's that four horsemen storyline rekindled from WCW. Yeah. What if Jeff Jarrett does the finger poke of doom again? Mm. Nah. Jeff Jarrett's going to chop him and do the Fargo strut, not the Nature Boy strut. If you know I will say this. Thing. Now that we know that it's Jarrett and Lethal, though, I have zero doubt in my mind that Flair is 1,000% going over in that match. Like, there's yeah. no way. Oh, yeah, they're doing the Puerto Rico tour. You already told me. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What that, it is what it though, is. Like, Rick- I thought for sure, I was like, when it was going to be a singles, I was like, oh, Flair's going to wrestle like, Somebody like AJ, and he'll put him over. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna wrestle somebody that can carry him in his singles, and then he'll put him over. But, but now okay. that I know it's Jarrett and Lethal, he's a thousand percent going over. Like no but, doubt about it. Ric Flair is winning that match. That's a bet that I will take. Um, you know, we don't have to bet money. We can bet, you know, credence or something. But <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like Rick might go under for it. Mostly because I feel like – But for why? For If who? he truly retires like he's supposed to, he will lose. But if the theory is true that you're going off, he's doing that Puerto Rico tour, he's not going to lose. I don't think the Puerto no, Rico no, no. tour is going to I don't think that people in Puerto Rico are like – I mean I think they're doing the same shit. I think, I think this is a territory loop. Like I don't th- – I think this is the last time you're going to see it on TV, and then he's going to go wrestle in like these other – like maybe Puerto Rico and maybe Japan and maybe like Germany or something. But like we're gonna see it because we have the internet. But I get I can see in Ric Flair's geriatric old ass mind where he's like, oh well, you know, I'll just do the one in the states first, and I'll retire, and then I'll go do like these other ones, and no one will ever know because TikTok doesn't exist and the YouTube's not a thing. You know, like like we're all gonna know. But well, all I'm saying is he's he might like I said before, I don't think he's making it to Puerto Rico. Possibly could get injured in this match. He already has a hurt foot. He unplugged his pacemaker, quit taking his goddamn uh, blood thinners. Ric Flair could uh, get very seriously injured and possibly possibly die in this match. Is all yeah, I'm I mean, saying. he did say on the show, he was like, I'm, you know, I don't think Jeff Jarrett's willing to die in the ring. And clearly I am. And I was like, Jesus. I mean, honestly, someone like, like I Ric felt Flair, uncomfortable to he hear. would be completely <laughs> at peace with himself if he died in the ring. Oh, a thousand. That's what that's what he wants. A thousand percent. But who is going to be the guy to give him the fatal bump? I think that the configuration of Vince McMahon Mysterio over here. I think the configuration of Vince McMahon retiring and the Jim Crockett Promotions thing with Conrad, who happens to be Rick's son-in-law, means to me that one of his podcast clients 
T is probably going to look to take over what that spot is looked like. I just think that that's how it's going to go. But Jeff's still, he's working for the WWE. He has a job. Right now. He's not, oh, yeah. H- he's not going anywhere. And, uh, he's not we go- don't know how Triple H feels about Jeff Jarrett, but yeah, I guess we, do. we will all. Yes, we do. We do know how he feels about Jeff Jarrett. He's fine with Jeff Jarrett. There's no, yes, we, what do you mean we don't know? Okay, well, I guess of course we know. <laughs> but maybe so, he's running all of it. Who cares about his job? We will find out what is going to happen in this Sunday at Ric Flair's final match. I'll be there. I'll be reporting. I'll let you guys know what happens. Since but, we're talking uh, about Jeff Jarrett, and since we're talking about this, now that Jeff Jarrett's working at the WWE, and now that Bruce Prichard has been removed from his creative control duties, are we like, is he going to be more, like, is he fired? Or is he, like, just not in the head of creative anymore? I don't know. I maybe the podcast will get good again. I don't That's know. what I mean. I want that podcast <laughs> to get good again. It's been so <laughs> shitty for the past three years. I... I don't get the impression that he was fired. I get the impression that they're moving him into doing more of the day-to-day shit that he knows how to do. That I mean, he was Vince's right hand. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bruce also walk, to be yeah, honest. I, mean, but, I feel like that's the best bet, man. I mean, like, it's Bruce, been five years. You went back. You had five more good years. Come back. And let's let's go back to some some Russell being like really good, and you could actually talk about the stuff that you did for the past five years. And a lot of I'm sure you'd have great stories. Like we all want to hear about how bitchy Charlotte actually is. You know what I mean? Yeah. We all want to hear if like Sasha Banks is actually kind of tough to work with. You know what I mean? Like we all want to hear that shit. So like, let us know. So if Bruce goes goes, I'm using quotation marks for those of us that aren't watching video. Um. Jarrett, in his senior vice president role of live events, Conrad bought Jim Prockett fucking promotions all of a sudden. And you have to look at Conrad's oh, no, stable no, no, no. of Don't people. say it. Don't say it. You don't think they're going to do that, do you? I do. No. No. I don't think it would be the worst thing. But It would be the worst thing. There's too many. There's too much, guys. Um, um, there's too much. There's too much good wrestling. And I mean that. I can't well, take it. actually have already announced after this event, Jim Crockett promotions is going to go back to the family, the ownership of the brand and the whole everything. And Conrad said, this is a one-time thing. And he's given the ownership back to the family. Good, 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 good. Please. Conrad also said that he was never going to promote a wrestling show. He's not Jim Crockett promotions is promoting. It. He just bought the he rights. Bought he didn't it. promote he shit. He looked it. He did the whole no, thing. Yeah, he's, he's Don't sh- stop. You're spoiling it. Stop. <laughs> But all right, yes. fuck. Man, don't do that to me. Literally, like, I can't handle anymore. Like, I can't handle. I can't handle it. Like, I, I, I'm i literally three weeks behind on regular AEW. I didn't even know that Christopher Daniels worked like, last Friday. I have no idea. But what there's too much. There's over? too much going on, guys. There's too much. If he takes it over, then that means that there's not more. That's too much. And then I'm going to miss out on that, and I'm going to feel bad about it because I'm Mark. And that's the way it works for us. I'm a Mark, too. And I hate, and you hate that. You hate it when you've missed like really good shit. You know, you, we all do. We all hate it. We hate it when we like missed something that the entire wrestling world is talking about. We all hate that. Exactly. We're missing AEW. Okay, man. I I love you, but you got to stop talking like dynamite is like, like must see TV every single week. It's good. It's good, but it's not raw 97. Good. It's good. Either. Wes either muted himself or is just no. I think his mic just learned its lesson when he was like, "All right, he's talking gibberish here. We're just going to shut him down." Art is subjective. It's all based on personal opinion. Okay, you might be your favorite show might be Eddie Guerrero and the Boys, and my mine might be Eddie Guerrero and the Eddie Guerrero. So there you go. All right, interesting. One is two Eddie Guerreros fighting crime, and one is Eddie Guerrero and a group of five boys. My mind is blown. You can always find the show <laughs> at kfabe.com on Instagram <laughs> and Twitter. You can find us at kfabe.com pod on TikTok. We're just regular old kfabe comparisons on Facebook and YouTube. Um, you can always find your boy, Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, at Daniel Daybreak on all of the socials. You can find my brand new band, The Far Between. Um, you can find us pretty much everywhere. Just at The Far Between Band, pretty much everywhere. Um, Wex, give them the script, baby. Where can they find you? Uh, as always. And the boys. I'm just kidding. 
Eddie Guerrero and the boys and Wex breaking the Lawson can always be found in Wex breaking the Lawson on all of your social media platforms. And as your boy, Daniel John Schaefer just said, get on that TikTok kayfabe com pod. Actually, I don't know if you just said that, but you always say that. So I'm just kind of going in autopilot mode. But if you didn't say it, if you did say it, get on that kayfabe com pod. We're almost up to 200 followers. Let's go. And we're going to do a wrestling cover. All three of us somehow incorporated and we'll make it work. Just get to that 200. And we'll do a little vote. It'll be great. It'll be great. I'm super excited about it. Jesse, where can people find you, man? Man, just Jesse Baker. Jesse Baker Nash on Instagram and Twitter. Jesse Baker on Facebook. You know, lots of things are changing. Times are strange, but at the same time, we're all going to be around each other. So it is what it is. But I just want to say real quick, we it's almost fitting to have our end of season episode be at the same time that Vince McMahon retires. It is. It We're is gonna good. I agree. have a big change with it. Yeah. We're about to have the biggest fucking weekend in the history of Nashville, Tennessee when it comes to professional wrestling. And it's uh I'm 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 very excited about it. And you also know you can definitely find me this Friday at Eastside Bowl for Southern Underground Pro Wrestling Final Bosses. As you can time. see right there behind me right there. Well, they can't because it's If you're watching the video version of this, you can see it behind me. It'll be a good time. I love y'all. I appreciate being able to be around for this, and it's a good time. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling, baby. That's wrestling, Glenn Gosa, baby. That's going to do it for us this week. We will see you guys next week. We are out. Peace. Peace.